Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. You have to know your audience. This is the most basic thing. Your audience is a law firm and you have to understand what they want. If you break it down, what they really want and what you would want if you're a law firm is they need someone to make them money. The second round interview, most attorneys, again, are able to get to the second round unless it's like a cattle call type interview or sometimes firms will interview people and the salaries will be ridiculously low. And you'll learn that during the screening interview and be shocked and and won't get the job. And that may be okay. But most attorneys are able, meaning more than 50% to get second round interviews and don't have as much difficulty doing that. And and so a lot of the things I talked about earlier, the odds are you're probably doing those quite well. and, And you start understanding what you need to do. There's certain things and ways to understand the second round interview and how you behave and what you do. So if you're running for political office as a Republican, you certainly wouldn't go into election or something talking about things that are important to Republicans or not, I'm sorry, important to Democrats, to Republicans. You wouldn't say we need more social programs and we need more higher taxes and we need, we need to make it. You wouldn't talk about these things because that's just, and again, I'm not saying that every Republican's like that, but Republicans and Democrats have different worldviews. And so do law firms. Big law firms have different worldviews and small law firms. Towns and law firms in big markets have different views than law firms in small markets. Law firms that do corporate law may be different than law firm. And so you have to know your audience. This is the most basic thing. Very important. You know, so if you're running for political office as a Democrat, wouldn't there's certain things you would never do that, you know, that if you're running as a Republican, you wouldn't go in and say, we need to loosen EPA regulations. And no, this is not what everyone has a certain way of looking at the world. If you say something as a Republican candidate, that sounds completely will alienate your audience, you're in trouble. Same thing as a Democrat. And so your audience is a law firm, and you have to understand what they want. They, they're going to want different things depending on the location of the firm, and the type of firm it is, whether they're large or small. But really, if you Break it down. What they really want and what you would want if you're a law firm is they need someone to make them money. So they're either hiring you to be a worker, meaning they're hiring you to work hard, to build a lot of hours, to make not question the work, to do what's expected, to be smart, or they're hiring you to be someone who brings in work and and gives it to other people. Either both things are valuable. One's rarer than the other. I mean, partner business is rare. But if you're a worker, which is most of the people that are getting interviewed, you're expected to behave like a worker. You're expected to do things that are asked of you, to not bring your personal issues to work and demons that are going to interfere with the work that the law needs done, that the law firm needs done. That's it. I mean, it's very simple. That means you're enthusiastic about the work, that they can see you putting your head down, that they can see you doing things and not making trouble, not alienating other attorneys and associates in the firm. You're just expected to work hard and do what's asked of you, do the best you can. And that's it. That's what they want. They don't, they're not concerned about your social life, your political affiliations, your, your, they just need work done just as you would. So just imagine you have a job, your house, hiring someone to work there and I don't know, do handyman work or something. I don't know, but, or paint or whatever. And if they start coming in and talking about all sorts of different things and their opinions about things and their, and needing time off and not liking the past, that's going to turn you off. I mean, you're not going to want to hire that person. You're going to want to hire the person that comes in and says, yeah, I'm here and I'm ready. 
and I love painting or I love whatever. And, and that's it. And your audience for a second round interview and a first round interview only makes money when you work a lot of hours and, and they lose money if you have personal issues or you are angry at past employers and you undermine people or if you think you're better than where you're interviewing or if you look like if you're going to be a downer, if you get assignments and not take it seriously. Law firms are businesses and businesses rely on your ability to work. They're, that's what they're concerned about. Now, they want to work with people that they like and that make them feel comfortable and they respect them. But that's when it comes down to it, they just need work done. It's, and there will always be people to do the work. Think about it. There's people, 30,000 or whatever the numbers of people coming out of law school every year. There's millions of attorneys. There's, I don't know, it's 1.6 million or something in the country. So there's plenty of people to do the work. And that's all they need. And so I just want to make sure you really understand this. That's all they need. See, when you go into a second round interview or a first round interview, but in your second round, you're often very excited to talk about yourself, to talk about your experience, to share with reasons that you don't like things and reasons that you like things and what your ideal job is. You have all these personal thoughts and desires and if you can work remotely, if you can take time off, how much... All this stuff law firms do not care about. And it's not that they're horrible places, it's that they're businesses. They don't care about any of that. Their business, they're serving either individuals or they're serving corporations. And those corporations are faceless for the most part, meaning they need the work done and they're just not interested in you. And for the frankly, the law firms are much need the work done. They need people to do excellent work, not a lot of questions, stick around and produce results. When the economy is doing very well and interest rates are low and everybody's making a lot of money and things are going well, which frankly was recent, but not now, then people start going to interviews and, and can be a little bit lackadaisical and do these things and sometimes get jobs. But when the economy is not doing as well, all this stuff comes to the forefront because they need people that are committed and enthusiastic and are working hard and they can't afford to hire people that are going to create job, drama or have issues or problems and that aren't going to work hard and ask about pro bono and all this stuff in your interviews. This is These are all no-nos. They need people that will do the work. So you just need to put yourself in the situation of the employer. The employer needs people that will do the work. They certainly need individuals there with different outlooks and things, but it's business only functions and grows when they've got people there that are doing the work and doing it well and not complaining. This is your audience. And your audience, they may like it if you're interesting. They may like it if you have outside interest and that will help you connect with people. And as long as there are things that make you productive, they like all these things. But all this stuff is permissible as long as it doesn't interfere with the law firm's objectives, which are to make money. Now, certain law firms are better at making money than others, but to the extent that they're good at making money, they need all of this stuff done. The highest paid law firms, even the ones that pay the most money and the ones that have partners that are paying the most money are much more in tune with you having to look like a someone that can really do well making the money as opposed to firms that may not take this as seriously. Firms in big markets need people that are going to work very hard compared to a lot of smaller markets because money is more of a commodity there and more important. You just need to remember that a law firm's objectives and their mission is much greater than your own. So you need to come in as someone that's going to work very hard and and not and look like you're going to stick around and not bring your personal stuff or your ego into these interviews. Law firms have more money 
empower, and they can always find someone to do your job. Always. It's not law firms have certainly will have openings from time to time that go unfilled. It's definitely true. But but they typically do want people that are somewhat conformist and just as all businesses do. And, um, and the less likely you are to appear as someone that's going to do bring in business and put your head down and as a partner or you know, to put your head down as a worker and get things done, the the more you're going to get hired. And, um, and that's just a sad fact. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with you being an individual and having interest, but I am saying that there's a message that you need to send that will get you hired. Does that mean you can't be an individual and you can't? No, of course not. You can do whatever you want. And But when you're interviewing, this is what they're looking for. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. Imagine you're a single woman. This is, I don't know, hopefully this is an appropriate example, uh, but interested in settling down, having children, and you put advertisement on a dating site. And then imagine if you, if the men you were interviewing and first dates said that they'd never had a long-term relationship, didn't really want one, were having a difficult time holding down a full-time job, and were ambivalent about or wanting children. That would not appeal to you, but that's your audience if you're dating someone like that. So do you talk about that right off the gate or do you not talk about those things? And this is how it is with interviews. You don't have to commit to all this stuff, but if you bring up this kind of stuff early on in an interview, you're going to be in trouble. And that's the same thing. I'm not saying that exactly. I'll talk, give you some more examples, but people do this all the time. They tell the interviewer exactly what they don't want to hear. And they don't even know where that interviewer is coming from. But they say things that they don't want to hear. This is how you you don't get second round, you don't get jobs after second round interviews, doing all this kind of stuff. It would throw you for a loop if that happened on a date. And um, you probably wouldn't want to go out with someone again. What I'm going to talk about now are some of the red flags, which I think are very important that happen during second round interviews. Now, there's certainly a lot, but if you remember anything from this, it's that people want people that are going to work hard and do a good job. That's it. They want to be there to make money and everything else that goes along with it. There are certain things, but that's what everyone's goal is. So here's some red flags. Interview People will interview and send out these red flags and it will show immediately that they're not likely to work out and the, and the employer's don't like it and get very sad because they want you to, they don't want to find these red flags. Again, they want to hire you. And not everybody you're interviewing wants to hire you. Like an associate may feel threatened for their job if they're also at the same level and you look like a better candidate and stuff. So not everybody you interview with is going to want to hire you, but they're going to look for reasons not to hire you if you're some sort of threat. But overall, the law firm itself is going to want to hire you. So I'm going to talk to you about a few things that people do say that are very common in interviews. So I've heard people say, I like my job, but it's getting boring. So I want to see what else is out there. Boring could mean 
they're not getting enough assignments, it's not routine, I don't know, or they're doing the same practice area. And then, of course, if someone hears that it's boring, they're going to ask, are they going to do the same thing with me? And in most cases, people that leave one job for that kind of reason will leave the next one as well. They'll be like, I'm only going to stick around as long as you give me interesting work. That's the idea. And then people will move. And I've seen when I talk to candidates, a lot of them will say this. I've been like, you've been at four firms and why did you leave? I was getting boring. The next one, getting boring. And so if you say something like that, the law firm is going to be, it's going to send up a red flag and they shouldn't hire you because if it's boring, then the same thing's going to happen. You could say something like, instead of saying it's boring, you could say this law firm primarily represents middle market companies and I want to work on we have bigger companies, and that would be the similar way of seeing your board. But that's actually means that they, that firm could be perfect for you. So you have to think about that. A lot of people will talk about money, and that is also a big problem. And it's a problem mainly for associates, but also many times for partners. So why is money important? Because there's always going to be people that can pay you more money. It's just how it is. There's If you're making a certain amount of money at one firm, you can always find a job where you're going to make more money. And therefore, you're going to be likely to leave when there's not enough money. Now, is that a bad decision you're making? No, you're certainly welcome to leave for more money, especially if it's a huge differential of more or less money in one, or more money in one direction. That's, that's your prerogative. And I'm, I don't really have any criticisms of it. If you keep doing that, this is a lot of partners too, by the way, will move again and again to firms that give them a bigger slice of their business or pay more money. Associates will do the same thing. So I'm not necessarily being critical of that, but you have to be concerned. If you say that in an interview, then that's going to be what the law firm is going to realize that if we don't pay this person enough money, they're likely to leave. And so they need to think that you're there because of you're going to commit to the work and stick around. So you don't talk about money and making more money. And most law firms that you interview with, if they ask you what your salary is and you say it's one and they say ours is 1.5, obviously you're going to say, that would be great. Same thing with bonuses. Like people will go into interviews and say they didn't get enough, their bonus was low or that just things like that. And again, that's something that's going to turn people off. So you don't talk about money in interviews. You don't ask about money in interviews. If they volunteer it, that's fine. But again, just put yourself in the the standpoint of any employer, if they, if you're saying that they don't pay enough, then they're thinking you're likely to move. Now, what's interesting is because money is so important to the calculations that people make when they're moving firms, you obviously the very best firms, the ones that want the very best candidates will have the very highest salaries because they don't even want to have to negotiate or think about that. They just know that they have to pay this big salary and everyone else pays the same salary, then, then they don't have to worry about it. But having to worry about money is is something that law firms don't like. They don't like to think that you could leave if your bonus is not high enough. They just want to believe that you're going to commit. And again, I'm not criticizing you for leaving a firm because it doesn't pay enough. But what I am criticizing you for is bringing it up in an interview. And you need to think about that because what they're going to say is if they interview two similar candidates and one's talking about money and the other's not, the one that is talking about money is often going to have the hardest time getting a callback interview. And sometimes people will do this with interviews and, and they'll go in and they'll talk about how they're not making enough money and they won't get callbacks. And it's really because of that. Now, this is another one that's a big deal. And a lot of times this is okay to say, but in other times it's not. So sometimes people will say they're looking for a job because the law firm is having them do work in another practice area that may be related. Securities is obviously different than M&A. But that could be something that turns firms off. Firms 
depending on their size, I will often ask attorneys to pitch in other practice areas or sub-practice areas within a practice area if they don't have enough work. So they do not need to worry that you'll you know leave if they don't, if they give you another work in another practice area. And a lot of people do this. People will say, I'm very upset. I was hired to do, I don't know, labor and employment defense. And they've asked me to do a couple of commercial litigation cases. No, you don't, no firm wants a prima donna. They want to believe that you're going to show up and work hard. And if they give, need you to do something in another practice area, you're going to be perfectly fine with it. People that do this too, by the way, like this sort of explanation, a lot of times will be out of work for a very long time. They won't understand why when I say this, do, do I not get interviews? Well, the reason you don't or get offers, the reason you don't get offers when you say this is because the firms are businesses. So they know, hey, there's no securities work going on in the market right now. We're in the middle of a recession and no one is doing IPOs or private offerings. We're going to have to get this person to work in another related corporate practice area. And if we hire them, we're going to be in big trouble. Or maybe there's one of their securities partners, they've got word that one of them may be leaving. So what are they going to do? So you need to be aware that anytime you say something like this, you could be disqualifying yourself from a job. What is the best way to answer a question like that if you're leaving? You would say, I do securities, I do a little bit of M&A, but I know that your firm, out of all the firms, has some of the most largest amounts of securities work. I'd really think it's great. I'm familiar with some of this work you're getting. It's obviously you're doing something right. Things along those lines without saying that. People want team players. They want to think that you're not going to be mortally offended if you get work in another practice area. They want to think that you'll do whatever it takes to make the money and, and follow directions. And so they don't and take it for the team. And, and so that's what they'll do. Sometimes people go into interviews and they talk politics. They'll say a firm's too liberal or too conservative and they'll expect the person they're talking to to believe that. Now, firms are made up of people of different political persuasions. Some may be primarily conservative and, and primarily liberal. But if you say this to someone who's very conservative without knowing it, they're going to not like you. So people take these political parties and stuff very, very seriously. I was talking to someone, I don't know, posted a, a mem of Hillary Clinton or something. And, and even though the person was a Democrat, it offended a lot of their Democratic friends who decided they were going to unfriend the person on Facebook. People take this stuff extremely seriously. So why would you even dip your toe into anything political at all? You don't know who the person you're talking to is. And people, they're storming buildings and just deplatforming people and all sorts of things if they don't like the way they are politically. So you just need to be very careful about talking about this stuff in your resume. You just have to be very, very careful. And you're, and then also when you interview, you can't talk about politics. You have to be very careful of this because you could immediately upset people. The other thing, that, the reason that's bad judgment is you don't know what the client is. The client could be very conservative and Think about some of the billionaires that have lots of clients, Musk and who else? Trump and Peter Thiel and all these kind of people. They're pretty serious Republicans. And those are the clients of a lot of big firms. So you just need to, and if you go into those firms and you talk about how much you hate Republicans, they're going to wonder, is this a good person for me to hire? What do I do? And so you just need to be very careful and vice versa with other political parties. This is another one. People talk about the morale of the firm and that people are unhappy. Usually, by the way, the people that are unhappy and talk about the low morale are the people that are bringing down the morale. And you may talk about things you don't like about the firm, whether or not so they don't pay for parking or bar dues or that everyone's unhappy. If everyone's unhappy, then 
that means you're unhappy. And not only that, but you're going in and talking about how everything's unhappy. So you're probably going to do the same thing with your next firm as well. And they won't, and they'll find reasons to dislike you if you or you talk about the morale or you talk about people being dumb or something. That's not going to help. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. And then you, know, you may say you have low hours. And that often is not a good idea to talk about low hours. And why? Because at every firm, there are people that have a lot of work, that know how to get it, and there's people that don't. So if you become a partner and you don't get work, then you're obviously not going to have any business. That's something. But even within your own firm, when you're, you're expected to know how to get work. So you're better off saying, I have the highest hours at my firm, or but you don't talk about not having a lot of hours. You talk about how well you're doing with your hours. Because what happens, even at the slowest firms, there are certain attorneys that are getting most of the work because they've done a good job setting up relationships. They've done a good job building pipelines of work with people inside the firm. They're doing good work. So people are giving them repeated work. And they do very well because you need to do whatever you can to really give the impression that you're someone that's getting a lot of work. Because the way a law firm thinks about it is, if this person's getting a lot of work, they must be a good attorney. Or if this person's getting a lot of work, they must really know how to get it from partners. And if they know how to get it from partners, they're probably going to know how to get it from companies and things in the future. Don't talk about not having work. That's a huge no-no. You don't want to do that. And if you do, it's going to create problems. And the same time, in the same case too, it's also if you talk about something like you're being given work that you think's beneath you, meaning the law firm's giving you, you're a litigator and you're doing nothing but document review and you need discovery. And so why are they doing that? Why are they giving you work as a six-year litigator that a first-year litigator or a contractor could do? And you have to think about that. Uh, you have to talk about people want to believe that you're getting the best assignments, that your people are dying to give you work because you do such a good job. So going in and talking about the opposite, is it's almost like a test. If you say, I don't have a lot of work, then you're showing people that in the firm that you're not getting a lot of work. And, and they don't like that, especially in large markets. And then what else happens to firms? So they have people they're freezing out of the work. Sometimes they don't like them or they've made a mistake. And, and then often what the law firms will do, this is, I'm sure you've seen it if you're in a law firm, more than 50 attorneys in any city. If they don't have any work, if they're freezing you out of work, they'll just stop giving you work and, and they'll pay you, but they don't want to get sued. And so they'll give you the impression that you need to, you're going to need to work more. And then other people will say things like that about their outside interest. Sometimes they'll say, I want to, don't, I don't want to work as hard so I can spend more time writing a screenplay. Or they may talk about doing a lot of writing on the side, or they may talk about things that are irrelevant to the practice of law, like being, I don't know, but things that you could theoretically make a living at, but you're not because you want to make a living. And people do this. They go into interviews with things on their resume where they're taught, and this is a huge mistake. I don't know how, why people do this, but they'll talk about having a business or some sort of business and, and the business unrelated to the practice of law. 
And what always happens most of the time is the people will eventually do that interest. And you know, the law firm shouldn't be a stepping stone to doing something else, because if your interests lie elsewhere, then you're going to do that and you're a bad hire. And so this is the way partners think, because I think I've worked so hard to get my bill hours up and to make the firm successful and doing all this thing. And I scarcely have time to sleep. This is what the most successful partners in large law firms think. So if they start seeing you have all these kind of fun interests and different hobbies and things that are real, that you could make a living doing, they're going to believe that you're not someone that they should hire. Just think about it from their point of view. Again, the number one rule, anytime you're questioning what to say, you should write it on a piece of paper. And and every answer should be, does this help the firm make money and be successful or not? And you need to frame your answers around that. So if you do writing screenplays and you're interviewing with a entertainment law firm, that could be a good idea. But at the same time, you need to be very careful about making your outside interest too prominent. People will talk about this is, you know, wh- whatever it is, they'll talk about paternity leave, they'll talk about different sorts of things, they'll ask about paternity leave. And this is just it actually doesn't happen very often. But talking about how the firm's not too progressive, or is too conservative, or, or whatever. So if you start talking about this, again, you're going to box yourself into a corner where certain people aren't going to like you. And then every time you go and do an interview, that you have a gap on your resume. And if you get to a second round interview, firms will generally ask you about that. And they're going to want to know what happened, why the gap, and you need to be prepared to give a direct answer about that. Now, I want to just give you like a little school on a few things I think are really important around this. And just understand that if an employer is interviewing you, that they can almost always find someone else like you And all you're doing when you have gaps and giving bad answers is you're just saying, especially in large markets, we can find someone like you that doesn't bring this baggage. So all the things I'm talking about right now would be considered baggage. It's very difficult in the largest markets to get around this because there's so many people. A lot of this baggage is not as important when you're interviewing places in smaller markets because they just don't have as many options. But large law firms in huge markets, I've seen people that, that went to Harvard or Stanford and stuff in Chicago and, and never got a job in a, even a medium-sized firm because it's so in, in New York because it's such a competitive market. If you talk about you've had personal problems, you've had different things, law firms are going to get a little nervous because they're obviously, if you've had personal problems, then, then they're going to believe that those things should come back. And who knows what happens with people with different types of personal problems, especially if you're just vague about it. They may assume something psychiatric or sub I don't know, but that prison, who knows? But you, know, you have to be very careful about that. There's nothing wrong with saying one of my relatives was dying or those sorts of things, but uh, and making people think highly of you. But you could say I had medical condition or something, but you have to be very careful about it because those things are all going to detract from your ability to get a job. If you were buying a horse, I'm just giving you an example, a racehorse. And as part of that, you had two choices. And one of the racehorses, uh, priced at the same amount, had some horrible physical problem at some point, then you probably would be obviously more interested in the one that didn't. And it's like that with, with attorneys as well. Try to keep that stuff quiet if you have a gap. Gaps can be framed in different types of ways. It can be framed that you had to go home, you had someone's sick, you, the firm's practice area shut down. There's all sorts of ways to frame a gap. And that's a whole separate discussion. And, and I've done webinars on that. 
but you need to be very careful about going into too much detail about these gaps and making sure that when you talk about them, that they're framed in such a way that you don't look like you could be problematical at your next employer, or people empathize with your reasons for this. And that's a big problem as well. So if you're unable to get people to empathize, then that can be a problem. A lot of people will go into interviews and they'll talk about how they want to get a few more years of experience. Now, this is not that common, but it does happen until they until they go in house. And now, and you know that talking about having long term goals that don't have anything to do with practicing law are a bad idea. Meaning, you have to really—I don't like calling people dumb—but you have to really think about this from the the point of view of the employer that's interviewing you because. You're basically telling them that it's a job you don't want. You're going to do it till you get something else. And you're going to come there and you're not going to be committed because you're always going to be thinking about doing something else, which means you probably won't bill as many hours, which means you probably won't be as easy to work with, which all these sorts of things are going to happen. And, and that's not good. You don't want people to see you that way. And getting, going back to the dating example, which I only I keep coming back to this just because it's so important for how people are interpreting you. But if you go out on a date with someone and you say, I'm interested in just dating regular people for the next few years. But after that, my goal is to move to another city and find someone who's extremely successful and and can help support me while I'm trying to do something else. I don't know what you would say, but you get the idea. Who in the right mind is going to be interested in you? So it's the same thing with law firms. You don't talk about wanting to do something else. You need to go into that firm and make them think that's all you want to do. And you need to take any sort of signals off your resume that you want to do something else. So what are signals? Signals would be something like you people do this all the time. They put things like, I was on the health law society in law school. I worked in a, a hospital before law school. I, I got an A plus in health. And then meanwhile, they're interviewing for a job as a litigator. But, and they keep having, they've written some articles about health law. What are you doing? Do you want to be a commercial litigator? And yet there's all these signals in your resume that you're interested in health law. People do this all the time. And you want, and then they wonder why they don't get first interviews or second interviews because they're obviously um, interested in something else. So you cannot go into an interview and look in the least bit like you're interested in something else. You have to look like this is exactly what you want to do. Again, it doesn't have to be exactly what you want to do. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to go in-house. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be a screenwriter. There's nothing wrong with ultimately wanting to move to Hawaii and practice law remotely or something. There's nothing wrong with any of that, but you cannot talk about that in an interview because all the employer is doing is they're looking for reasons to like you. And, and then if you're saying things that you, they make them not like you or have doubts, then you need to really think carefully about that. So other people will do things and they'll start negotiating an offer before they get it. So they'll start talking about moving expenses or they'll talk about things that they need. They'll talk about, I saw one guy, it was, this is very funny, by the way, and it's a true story. Every place he interviewed with, he told them he needed, I don't know, Monday and Friday off. This was several years ago. And, but he was very talented. He was like an IP litigator with a really good engineering background. And he would start telling people that. And, um, and so some people were turned off by it, but his background was so exceptional um, that he was able to get in the door a lot of places and get hired. But the reason I'm bringing this up is that it's funny is he actually had been an engineer since he'd been right at the same company since he'd been in law school. So the reason he needed those two days off is because he was expected to be in the office of this giant engineering company. And this was in Silicon Valley in, in, the, in those days. He said he was taking his sick wife to the hospital on 
Mondays and Fridays, but in reality, what he was doing was was working another job. And I guess you can get away with that in some places, but wow. And but talking about conditions that you need to work there, talking about certain things that are important to you at the interview stage is not what you want to do because you're just disqualifying yourself from that. So just ask yourself if you want to start talking about how many days a week you want to work remote, can they find someone that isn't going to have these demands? And if they can, then all you're doing is disqualifying yourself from the job. You're saying things that this is conditional. My employment is conditional about that. And that you, you don't know how many other people the law firm is talking to, but they do know that if you're high maintenance, you're not going to work. You're not going to do well there. And unless your qualifications are so far off the map in terms of how great they are, But even in that case, you just need to be very careful. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 